When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to New York. Attention fans, this is the Devil's State of Mind podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now here's your host, Neil Villapiano! Shout out to SeatGeek for sponsoring the Devil's State of Mind podcast. I recently became a brand ambassador for them. SeatGeek is a ticket app that takes the confusion out of buying tickets. They out a 0 to 10 score on each ticket to know if you're getting a good or bad deal. Green means good and red means bad. Plus, my listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase with my promo code Devil State of Mind. Again, my promo code is Devil State of Mind. Click the link in our social medias on our link tree to download the app and remember to use our promo code devil state of mind click the link in my profile slash description of anything that i have i'll have it on all of my links and once again shout out to SeatGeek for being the official ticketing app of the devil state of mind podcast and what is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, your best friend, your confidant, your number one source, Neil Villa Piano. And welcome to another edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast, right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as Sports Wire Radio, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. As always, guys, I hope you are having a fantastic day wherever. You are listening to this podcast episode, and thank you guys, as always, for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. You already know, I greatly, greatly appreciate it. And Devils fans, we have a very, very special guest joining us on this edition of the Devil State of Mind podcast. She just started her senior year at Montclair State University, go Hawks, by the way, uh, and finishing up school this year and just keeping herself involved with the different sports teams here for Jersey Sporting News, which I highly recommend you go check out. She covers all things Devils, and she'll be covering games, signings, trades, and so much more. 
and then some stories will just be her opinions on things. It is with great pleasure that we welcome on Miss Gabby Nornstrom. Gabby, welcome to the Devil State of Mind podcast. First and foremost, how are you doing today, my friend? Um, good. I'm excited. Happy to be here. Awesome. Well, we're excited and very happy to have you on for this episode. So let's just kind of jump right into it with really kind of looking at the Devils team as a whole. When you look at them on paper, obviously they're loaded in the top six and certainly in the forward group. The defensive core definitely took a little bit of a hit losing, you know, a lot of man games between Ryan Graves and David Severson. They brought in some veteran guys like a Colin Miller on the back end. Luke Hughes is going to get ready to play his first full year in the National Hockey League. And we'll see what happens with potentially maybe a Simone Nemec, uh, mm-hmm. Nemec, excuse me, to see, you know, if he can make a run at making the team out of training camp. And then obviously the biggest question mark is the goaltending with both Vitek Vanacek and Akira Schmid. So, Gabby, when you look at this team as a whole, what what are your, I mean, I would assume one of the feelings has to be excitement, but I, I want to get your full, you know, honest, you know, feeling about this team right now and, and where they look to uh, be once the season gets underway. Yeah, obviously excitement, but I still, I feel like there's some nerves still because we are such a young team and like we made the playoffs in 2018 and then we all know what happened after that. Of so course. it's like, is it going to be a repeat of that? Are we for real this time? I think we are. Like we're on paper, we're much better than we were in 2018. But like anything could happen. Players could get hurt. Like so, it's just there's nerves still in there to see if we could actually pull off what we did last year. Yeah, no question. I think you know, and you brought up obviously what happened in 1718, and I think it, it is fair to say that you know we obviously you know went a lot further than anyone thought that year that we were going to. And we just were not ready to really make that, you know, to get into the position that we're in now. And, and, you know, general manager Tom Fitzgerald did a phenomenal job. He was actually ranked by fans overall in a survey over on the athletic as the number one GM in the national hockey league. And so clearly, uh, and it may not be just devil's fans that, that voted for that. It might've been, it had to have been other fans as well. You know, when you look at everything that he's done and that kind of does bring me to my next question, Gabby, is this looking at Tom Fitzgerald, what is the one thing that you are most impressed with, with what, Fitzgerald has done building this team since he took over? I would say how fast he built up the roster and like how smart he is with the contracts and stuff. Like he could have easily been like, Hey Jack, here's 10 million. But like he worked with him. He works with every like single player to make them want to sign here. And just the whole process of everything. I feel like he really sped up our rebuild, which I don't think anyone was expecting to be where we are right mm-hmm. now. So honestly, probably just the speed of how he's like taken over the team. Winning over 50 plus games and breaking what felt like every historical record in Devils franchise history uh, certainly was not on anyone's bingo card last year when the season got underway. And it, and it really is a crazy situation. Like you fat, you go back 12 months ago and everyone's feelings of like, let's just get in the playoffs and see what happens to now fast forward to today. And everybody's just salivating at the idea of what this devil's team can do, not just now, but for years to come. And the devils have also been ranked as still having one of the top five best prospect pools in the entire NHL. And 
I think for me, the most impressive thing is Fitzgerald is able to build this team and also bring in other guys from outside the organization without having to give up much of the future. And I think that that's the most impressive thing, particularly the Timo Meyer trade when you look at it as a whole. That was a terrifying trade. Like, I remember when that happened and they, like, we knew we had Timo, but we didn't know what was going back for like four hours after it. Everyone was freaking out because we were like, he definitely gave up Dawson Mercer, which would have sucked. <laughs> that would have sucked. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that trade, that scared me a lot. I was yeah. not expecting it to be that good for the Devils. Ironically, I, and I've told people this before, I, I definitely mentioned it when we originally acquired Timo that I was actually at the Prudential Center when the deal was announced. I was at like a comedy <laughs> show that night, so like that day. So like I'm just sitting on my phone and I had to leave and like go outside um, like where the show was because I saw that things were happening. So I had to leave and, you know, go to work in the middle of a comedy show. But it was kind of like it was ironic for me to be in the Prudential Center when it yeah. happened. And I think, again, for for the Devils to acquire Timo for really not much of anything, no disrespect to the guys we traded away, but to get to not have yeah. to give up a ton of roster players. Right, exactly. And so, obviously, I think the player probably with the most significance is, you know, Fabian Zetterlin. And um, I think it was his birthday not a couple days ago, I think. Um Last time I checked. Also, fun fact, guys, you obviously you're listening to this on Friday, but on the day that Gabby and I are recording this, we are Curtis Lazar days, aka 42 days away from the Devils opening night. So there's mm-hmm. a fun fact, and I'm excited about Curtis Lazar. $1 million for the next two years is going to be really good. Now, Gabby, I want to talk to you about the forward group. Let's start with that. And obviously, they were able to lock down Jesper Bratt. They locked down Timo Meyer. They already have Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer in the fold. And Tom Fitzgerald goes out in the middle of the summer and acquires Tyler Toffoli from the Calgary Flames for a mid-round pick and Yegor Sharangovich. What are your feelings and expectations for Tyler Toffoli coming into New Jersey and playing on that top six? Well, first, I loved that trade. Like, that was not something that I was expecting whatsoever. I remember seeing it. And I, like, I had to triple check to make sure it wasn't one of those, like, fake accounts on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I loved Sharon Govich. I was a huge Sharon Govich fan. But I feel like he just – he needed a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. Last year wasn't his year. And, like, we're getting better and better. And I feel like his roster spot was just slipping away. Um yeah. So I am I'm happy that he found a new place. Like I'll support him wherever he goes. But fully, like I feel that whoever he plays with, Nico or Jack, he's gonna do good. Like he's a goal scorer. We all know that. And not that goal scoring is something we struggle with, obviously, but we don't have like this is our goal scorer. You know, like yeah. it's here's a 30 goal scorer, here's a 20, like with him and Timo, yeah. I feel like those will be like, why, if you're not scoring goals, why aren't you? Like, right. what can we do to get you to scoring goals? So I'm excited for Tofoli to see what he can do for us. A big shout out to our sponsors at N- Horns and Tail Napa Valley. Horns and Tail Napa Valley is the official wine club of the New Jersey Devils. 
and a proud sponsor of the Devil's State of Mind podcast, allowing them to bring together two passions, hockey and wine, in an exciting and memorable way. They offer premium, limited production Napa Valley wines. They also have gift options for Devils fans. Their wine club offers a wide range of gift options, including individual bottles, curated gift sets, and exclusive merchandise providing the perfect present for any occasion. Every bottle was created by the team with their winery to honor the history and celebrate the success of the team. Their winery has worked closely with the team to create wines that embody the spirit and achievements of the New Jersey Devils, allowing fans to savor the memories and celebrate their team. Plus, every purchase helps support the Devils Youth Foundation. And if you want to get yourself a bottle of this delicious Devils wine, you go to Nap to Horns and Tail Napa Valley. Use my promo code at checkout Devil State, and you can get 10% off your purchases. So once again, shout out to Horns and Tail Napa Valley for being the official wine sponsor of the New Jersey Devils and the Devil's State of Mind podcast. Yeah, no, it's it, it was a uh, it was I mean, I don't know if you necessarily call it a blockbuster deal considering how, you know, little was kind of given back to Calgary, mm-hmm. but I think it was a big statement move from the Devils and I think what's more interesting is this Tom Fitzgerald didn't describe it as we acquire Tyler Toffoli for a year and then we just go let him, you know, go off mm-hmm. the free agency. I mean, there have already been discussions between Fitz and Toffoli about him being here beyond this upcoming 23-24 season. And uh, obviously we'll have a lot of time. He'll be an unrestricted free agent at season's end. Um, not really worrying about that right now. Just excited to see 73 <laughs> on the ice um, in New Jersey. And I kind of want to talk to you about the forward group as a whole, because you actually put out an article earlier this month uh, talking about your expectations for the forward group as a whole. And I want you to kind of dive in a little bit more and for my listeners to kind of give them an idea as to what your expectations are for this forward group as a whole. Well, this year I feel everyone's chemistry should be like 10 times better than last year. Obviously our lines were getting scrambled up a lot just because of injuries and things not working. But I feel like this year we really have like set lines. Like, you know, who our top six is going to be, whether that shuffles around, like that's not going to destroy chemistry. Like if, if Timo moves up to the first line or second line of Toffoli, like that's not going to mess anything up. And then I feel like third line, that'll be Palat, someone holla or pull out holla someone like i feel like now we have these set lines and the fourth line i think we have a great fourth line personally i think each one of them does their job so well so i'm one of those people like i'd have expectations for the fourth line like you're the fourth line for a reason do your job be gritty be fast like be those types of players um So I'm expecting like a lot of chemistry, a lot of better like passes, like just like simple things like that. I'm expecting the simple, small things to be better than they were last year. And I'm I'm hoping we're not shuffling lines again because that just 
annoyed me so much. No, knowing Lindy Ruff, at some point it's going to happen. Like if we go the whole season without it happening, I would be surprised. Yeah, Um, unless injuries, which you know that's an exception to the rule. But I wouldn't be surprised if one day Tyler Toffoli is benched for a whole period because he's not playing. Would not playing well. If we like, I, I just don't see that not happening. Yeah. Um, talking about again, you know, you, you're you talking about the bottom six. I have argued with people that the most intriguing line right now has got to be the third line because there I are know. there there's not a definitive idea as to what it's going to look like. Yeah. We would assume that Andre Pilat's probably going to be there. Eric Halla may be on that third line center role. And then there's that one spot on the right side. Yeah. And there are two guys that kind of stand out to me as guys that could take that spot. And that is looking at um, Nolan Foote mm-hmm. and Alex Holtz. Now, I want to talk about Alex Holtz, Gabby, because he is going to be one of the most, if not the most intriguing storyline of the forward group. Because the Devils, according to NJ.com, they told him at the end of last season that this year is put up or shut up. You have to you have to take the next step and get ready to go and be a consistent NHL player. Talk to us a little bit about your thoughts overall about Alex Holtz and how he needs to go about this training camp when it gets underway. When I'll be completely honest, when we first drafted him, <laughs> I did not know how I felt about it. And I still don't know how I feel about it, if I'm going to be completely honest. He was, what, seventh overall? Uh, Yes. Yeah. He was Um, sixth overall, excuse me. He was sixth overall in his draft class. Yeah. So you have expectations for those first-round players. And personally, I'm sure many Devils fans agree with this. He has not met any expectations. Um and I don't think it's like he's gotten the chance to. He's played. He's scored. Like, mm. but he's just not there. Like, he's, I don't really know how to explain it. I just feel like he's not on the same level as like Dawson and when Jack was like his first right. and second year. Like, I just feel like he's not at that level yet. And I personally, with his shot, like, he has a great shot. I don't see him as a third liner. Like, I think he should be a first or second liner, but he's not reaching those expectations to be a first or second liner. Like, I feel like his shot will be wasted on the third line because he's not going to be getting those minutes as, like, a first or second liner will. So it's complicated, I feel like, because you want him to do good, and you want him to succeed. He was a first-round pick for us. But it's like, at what point do you really be like, all right, maybe this isn't the right place for you? Yeah, and I think with any any team in the NHL, you're going to have prospects that just don't end up making it or don't end up making it on your team but go somewhere else. And it should be mentioned that Holtz does have another year after this of team control. So, I mean, there is... They're going to, there is going to be interest if he ends up becoming available. I personally have a very good feeling that he is going to make this team and he is going to be an impactful player. But again, we have to see how training camp goes and once the preseason gets underway and, and we really start to see 
what he can do and who he's playing with and things like that. Um, definitely going to be interesting, you know, to see what he could do. And I, I highly recommend you guys keep your eye on uh, on Holtz once we get underway. Now, there's one other guy that I want to talk about from the forward group before we move to the defenseman, and that is Jesper Brad, because I've argued this because you just mentioned about the inconsistency from uh, Holtz. Well, I've said before about Jesper Brack, he's very hot and cold. One minute he's you know flying all over the ice and he's scoring at will and he's just dominating. And then the next minute he's going 10, 11 games and he's not doing much of anything. Now he's been paid. He's been paid a good amount of money. He's here long term. Now the expectations are much higher than they were prior to him getting that contract. So what do you want to see specifically from Jesper Bratt in terms of getting his consistency where it needs to be? Yeah, from him, I'd rather see like one point a game instead of like, oh, here's three points. Now don't go score or assist on anything for a week. Like I'd rather him put up a point every game, be consistent with that. Like with his talent, it's hard to be like, how have you not scored in two weeks or assisted in two weeks? Like how are you – What? where did you go? Like, what happened to you? Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd rather just see that. Like, be consistent with what you're doing. And if you're disappearing for a week, then, like, Lindy's done it before. You got to bench him. You got to be like, look, I I don't know what happened to you. I don't know why you're not producing anymore. And, like, last year he was on a contract year, so you would think, like, got to prove myself, got to do this, got to do that. And he still would just go ghost at times. So yeah. it's kind of hard to say, like, yeah. I don't understand why he's not a consistent player personally. <laughs> like you're that good. And you go a few games without yeah. point, but if he was consistent, he could be literally like personally one of the best players and like playmakers in the league, I believe but it's just that inconsistently inconsistency that throws yeah. him off. College football fans, are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. Change comes fast. The only thing that's a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Life's more fun when you're in on the action. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas City, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See DraftKings.com slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply.
you know, he does have the talent. He he really does. And and like you mentioned, it's it's crazy sometimes how he only gets like 60, 70 points. And you say, how on earth do you only have do you only have 60, 70 mm-hmm. points when you know you're flying all over the place? And I think the biggest example of the lack of consistency was the playoffs. I mean, mm-hmm. he really did not show up in terms of putting the puck. His only goal of the playoffs was an empty netter in yeah. game seven against the Rangers. And that I mean empty net goals are empty net goals. I mean, they're not really, you know, you're not, you're not really, uh, you know, lighting the world on fire when you score an empty net goal. Yeah. But, you know, I, I know I had a chance to talk to his, his personal trainer, Daniel Broberg, a couple of weeks back. And they, you know, he talked about consistency. And I think that that's going to be something that we're going to very much be looking for when it comes to Brad's game. I'm curious to know if uh, he's asked questions about his consistency or lack yeah. thereof once once uh, everybody gets to New Jersey in a couple of weeks. Um, so now let's shift over to the defensive group real quick, Gabby. And, and um, you know, like I mentioned before, you lost David Severson. You know, whether you, some people consider that a big loss or not all depends on how you personally feel. I've always said he's a curious case. Uh, so it kind of can go either way. You know, losing Ryan Graves, I think there's a little bit of disappointment over the two years that he was here. I think there were higher expectations and at times – he didn't live up to them, but still, nonetheless, you're losing a lot of veteran presence, something like well over 700 games combined with both of those guys, and you're replacing them with, obviously, you have Luke Hughes, and we'll talk about him in just a second. Uh, you have Kevin Ball back now on that left side. John Marino's going to move up to that second pairing, most likely. That third uh, defensive on the right side, kind of up in the air in terms of mm-hmm. it's going to be like Colin Miller. Is it going to be... Brendan Smith, I hope not. Is it going to be Simone Nemich? I mean, look, we're honest on this podcast, Gabby. So, like, you know, as you know, you can be as honest as you possibly want. But I want you to kind of give us an idea as to what you kind of want to see and what you expect from this Devils defensive core. And certainly, it's going to look uh, a bit different than last year. Yeah. Um, well, I agree with you on the Brendan Smith thing. Yeah, I say, if you want to start with Brendan bad. Smith, you can. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that one position, that's very up in the air. I think I even wrote that because I did a defensive expectation too. And I think I even was like, I don't know what's going to happen with that. Right. Um, but I feel like with the addition of Luke, we're going to have a lot of offensive firepower, which is nice because obviously we know what Dougie can do. Um, we, I'm assuming most of us know what Luke is capable of whether he actually does that in the NHL or not, Mm -hmm. we'll see, but he has expectations. Um, And then I feel like having two main offensive defenders is like perfect because you don't need, you don't need offensive defenders on your third pairing. Like I don't think you do at least. So having Dougie on the first pair, if Luke's on the second pair, wherever Luke ends up, but um. And then, because it balances out so well, because then it'll be like Dougie and Siegenthaler, so it's offensive, defensive. And then Luke and Marino, offensive, defensive. So I think there's a perfect balance for at least two pairings, which I think is going to help the double so much, because I feel like Dougie was really our only offensive defender last year. Like, sure, like, Ball has a nice shot, but he's young. He doesn't shoot that much. Mm-hmm. Severson could have a nice shot at times. 
Um, when he's not shooting Graves, it into your own net. Yeah, right? exactly. Graves didn't really shoot. Marino doesn't really shoot. Siegenthaler has a nice shot, but doesn't shoot. Nope. Um, so it's like, I feel like just with the addition of Luke, that really is going to balance out things. And say like Dougie gets hurt or something. Well, at least now we have another offensive defender. So yeah, I, that's, I'd say more production from the defenders is what I'm kind of expecting from them. I think the key word there is balance, and, and you really nailed it on the head because I think that you're, like you mentioned, that, that top, those first two pairings, you have Siegenthaler, Dougie, and then Luke Hughes and Marino, and that's, you know, you have one, you know, defensive defenseman on the left side, one on the right side, and then vice versa with the offensive defenseman. And then the third pairing, you can kind of go with whatever you, you yeah. see fit. And I think that that's really important. So I, I think that. Yeah, I said before that there probably will be some growing pains, but I think overall, as we get into the later parts of the season, I do think it's going to end up being um, – I think it's still going to end up being a strength of the team in terms yeah. of the back end. Now, we got to talk a little bit more about Luke Hughes because, mm-hmm. let, let's face it, he's probably going to be the most intriguing overall player yeah. in this year's camp. I mean, we we obviously we have talent galore in the on the forward group, but for the most part we know – already what's coming with all of those guys yeah we don't know exactly what we're going to get from luke hughes now in the short time that he's been in the nhl made an immediate impact you don't have to go very far than just his second game in the nhl getting not only his first two points but his first goal and first career game winning overtime goal in the most dramatic way you could think (laughs) of in a three or whatever was three plus goal comeback in the last game of the year against washington and then he plays the last couple of games of the playoffs in, and ends up getting a couple of points and had a really, really good game five playing over 20-plus minutes and really holding his own. So my question to you, because I've heard a lot of different people's expectations of Luke, sometimes well over the top, some, some are a little bit more, I guess you'd say, realistic. But I, I want to get your thoughts on what – you what I guess more or less what you expect to see from Luke Hughes in his first full year in the National Hockey League yeah I'm not expecting him to put up like 40 50 points if he does Mm -hmm. fantastic amazing that's wonderful but I don't see that happening um I'm assuming like there's going to be games where he messes up there's going to be games where I'm sure he plays 10 minutes like things are gonna happen he's still young he doesn't have much experience so I am expecting there to be some slip-ups if he sits a game Mm -hmm. he sits a game like it's gonna happen um consistency I don't really know what my expectations are for that it's hard to say with defenders like oh they're gonna assist on a goal every game like you don't you never really know um but I'm expecting just smart plays. Like, that's really the one thing that I'm expecting from him, like, all the time is just to be a smart player, which I think most people are expecting that. He is a Hughes brother. I'd say they all are smart players. Very How could you so. not be in that family? Um, They're all very good ping pong players, as the Canucks yes, I, showed I us the last week. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, you look at Quinn. Quinn's smart. He doesn't he's like a quiet 
one, I'd say. Like, he's not a very, I'm going to go skate up the ice, go through a bunch of different players. Like, I feel like he's more of a stay at home. But I'm just expecting him to be smart, give it his all. If he doesn't, then that's a little messed up. But um, things will happen. It's his yeah. full first year. I'm not expecting anything crazy from him. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much it. I think also what some people didn't realize, and I certainly didn't realize this until I got a chance to see him make his NHL debut, is actually how big he is. And maybe we're just used to Jack, you know, in his smaller stature, let's call it. And then Luke comes in at six foot two, and he, and granted, skates give you another inch and a half mm-hmm. or two. And yeah, I mean, he, he looks, he did look very comfortable at times last year in the playoffs, but again, you know, it's going to be growing pains. But I think all of that is going to be good learning lessons for him. So, you know, he'll be a guy that we're certainly going to be excited and, and keen on watching when we get underway in training camp. Now, we have to talk about the goaltending. And I know yourself and also myself uh, have been asked many questions about the goaltending, um, whether it's rumors or just overall what we think of it as a whole. So let's talk about Vitek Vanacek because the expectations are going to be high from him, especially with how things ended in the playoffs last year. Had a phenomenal, in some regards, historic year for him in terms of, you know, again, just playing in his fourth season in the NHL, wins over 30 games, first goaltender other than Marty Broder in Devils history to win that many games, had a great year. And then in the playoffs, to put it bluntly, he imploded. He really did implode, especially in game four, in the second round against Carolina. So what are your feelings about number 41 between the pipes going into 23-24? Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm okay. nervous. Yep. Because I don't want how he performed in the playoffs to affect this year at all. I don't want him to overthink it. I don't want him to be like, well, I did terrible in the playoffs, so now I'm overthinking everything and I'm going to do terrible in the regular mm-hmm. season. And then playoffs, I'll do terrible again. Like, I just clean slate for him. Like, that's what I, that's gotcha. how I want him to go into this season. Like, don't worry about it. Things happen. Clean slate. Okay. And I think if he does go in with that mindset, he'll be fine. He's a good goal. Like, I followed him when he was on the Capitals. Like, he's a good goalie. We all know that. It's just I feel like he's going to get into his head a lot, which that's what makes me nervous. So if he doesn't get into his head, he'll be good. I think he'll go back to how he was regular season. If he does get in his head, that's where I think things are definitely going to go down very fast. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think that's a feeling from a lot of Devils fans that there is some nerves about you know, do we feel fully confident in VTech between the pipes? You know, if he does have a bad game or two, is it going to be the end of the world for him? Is he just not going to recover mm-hmm. from it? Or is he going to have the mental toughness to bounce back from it and go from there? And, you know, I lean more towards that he is going to bounce back. I did I did write an article recently on the hockey writers talking in depth about VTech bouncing back, and, and I'm definitely excited to see what he can do. So I, I still have faith personally in VTech, and obviously we'll see how things go once the year gets underway. And now we got to talk a bit, little bit about the man they call Schmido the Torpedo, and that is Akira Schmid. Um, 
And yeah, we're still, everybody's still trying to figure out whether it's Schmidt or Schmid, because I, I yeah, don't I think don't anybody's got a definitive answer. <laughs> I'm thanking, I'm hoping that my boy Trey Matthews from Locked On Devils can get yeah. that answer for me because I really do need it. Because I, I, I still feel like I'm saying it wrong, but you know, we'll, I, think, we'll, I think I switch up the names every time. Sometimes of course. it's Schmid. It's easier when you're writing about it because you don't have to worry about yeah, anybody. You, say it. you just have to spell it correctly, right? But it's different when you're in this situation of <laughs> having to talk about it. So yeah, let's talk about Akira. So, you know, I've said before, I, I had a chance to watch him all the way back when he was playing in the USHL was one of the best goaltenders there, went to the AHL, became one of the best goaltenders there, and he really broke out last year. You know, he helped us when the Devils went on that 13-game winning streak and VTech got hurt. We were also dealing with the inconsistency from Mackenzie Blackwood. And then he comes into the second uh, first round against the Rangers, down 0-2, and plays the series of his life and mm-hmm. was the biggest reason that we were able to vanquish the Rangers in seven games. Two shutouts in the last three games – uh, in New Jersey, I mean, that is tremendous, especially shutting the Rangers out in game seven. I mean, yeah. what are your overall thoughts of how he performed last year and how he just kind of put his name on the map? It was crazy. Like, I think that's just the word to describe it is crazy because obviously we knew going into the playoffs, like he's a good goalie, good backup, good whatever. But you don't really expect him, he's 22, 23, someone at that age to come in and do that with no experience in the playoffs and not that much NHL experience to begin with. Coming in and doing that, like, my mind was blown. (laughs) Like, I just – that I was rooting for him for the rest of the time. He was was my go-to. Yeah, and it just – I think – for a lot of people, I mean, there's a lot of fans out there that I'm sure didn't even know who Akira Schmid was until even the playoffs. Like, yeah, he played, he played some uh, during the, you know, during the regular season, and he played a little bit last year, the year before, and obviously didn't do well. But then again, no goaltender on the team yeah, played no. <laughs> well last year. Nobody on the team, quite frankly, played well the year before. But I think. He really showcased the talent that he has. He's six foot four, well over two hundred pounds. He has what I six foot five, excuse me. He has the frame that you want from a franchise goaltender. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I've said to Devils fans is this: the good news is, is that the Devils do have a lot of control over you know his rights over the next couple of years. And that actually brings me to my second question, Gabby, to you. According to Darren Dreger, and this was back in July, early July. Uh, the reports out of New Jersey is that was that the Devils quote preferred that Akira Schmid goes down to Utica and develops more. Now, if that ends up being the case, obviously there's questions about what will the Devils do in terms of the backup position, whether it's a guy in a PTO, Eric Colgren, although I argue that Colgren is more of an AHL addition. But what what do you what what would you honestly prefer to see happen? Would you rather he- Schmid go down to Utica and keep developing there or would you rather him you know play this full season out in the NHL and kind of take that next step I would rather see him with the Devils I do understand the whole like going down developing more I I completely understand that and if we actually had a backup goalie that we like knew we could rely on and it wasn't just him then I'd say yeah go for it go develop more. 
But I yeah. think it's more of just the fact that we don't have a backup goalie. Right. So it's like, we know we have a good backup goalie. Why are we going to send him down mm-hmm. when like we'd be left with nothing then? Right. So I get both sides of it. If we brought in a good backup goalie that like has experience, we know he's good. Then mm-hmm. again, I'd be like, yep, go down, go develop. Don't care. Right. But what are, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> like if we send him down and we have no one, what, what are we doing? Right. So that's, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. I mean, I was certainly surprised by that report. Um, again, we don't know how factual it actually is. I mean, Darren Dreger is very reliable in terms of his reporting. So I'm not going to immediately disregard what he's saying. It'll be interesting to see what happens when training camp gets underway. Um, Knowing Tom Fitzgerald, he is a fan of bringing guys in on professional tryout contracts. So I'm curious to see if he continues to go down that route. The Devils have just under $2 million in cap space. I think that it's going to obviously play a factor. Um, And, you know, again, with everything that we've talked about, all we could do is just kind of speculate, predict, and then we'll see how things go once we get underway. Um, My last question to you, Gabby, before – we let you go. And again, thank you so much for your time today is this. What is the one message you want to give Devils fans as we get ready for the 2023-24 campaign? Probably just get excited. Like, get excited. Go to the games. Sell the games out. Like, be there for the team. If they lose, don't boo them. We're not doing <laughs> this year. Like, we're not doing You'll that. You'll fire Lindy after two games. <laughs> we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just support your team. Like, don't – if they lose four games in a row, they lose four games in a row. Yeah. Things happen. Things happen. Don't don't go off and send mean messages on Twitter. Don't <laughs> just just let, let it happen. Like, it's yeah. fine. They will bounce back. Have mm-hmm. faith in them. But, yeah, get excited. I'm excited. You know, as the great uh, David Putty on Seinfeld once said, you know, you got to support the team, and yeah, I think you nailed it on the, the You have to, you have to support the team, and uh, I mean, yeah, regardless of how things go this year, there's going to be complaints, there's going to be rants. I, I mean, you know, even last year there were, yeah. despite us winning fifty plus games, there were. I mean, the whole month of December was difficult, and <laughs> so I mean, we're gonna we're gonna have to go through that, and I think for all of us, we just have to. Just let thing let the people who are in charge handle it because yeah. they haven't they haven't failed us yet. So yeah. we have to we have to give them the opportunity to really get going. And it's it's a marathon, not a sprint in the NHL. Yeah. So we'll keep our eye on it. Yeah. So, but Gabby, thank you so much for coming on today. We really yeah. do appreciate it. But before I let you go, because I do this with all of my guests, I like to roll out the red carpet and allow you to let my listeners know where they can find you on social, where they can check out all of your articles and any other devil's content you got going on and anything else you got going on. So the floor is yours, my friend. Yeah. So my Instagram, I post a lot of devils, like just things on my, like the story. Um, I post most of my articles on my Instagram story, not all of them. So my Instagram is at gabby.nordstrom like the store um so you can find me on there and then all of my articles go on twitter so my twitter account is at gabby underscore nordstrom 
I think I have another account on there that's private. So don't follow that one. I, <laughs> that was from a while ago. Okay. Um, and then you could also find my articles on the uh, JSN website. If you just go on the website, look through authors or you can look through all their stories. That's fine too. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much everywhere you could find my stuff. Awesome. Well, again, Gabby, we really do appreciate you coming on today and taking some time to talk with us. And we will definitely, definitely have you back on the podcast. Yeah, definitely. So, but again, thank you so much for today. Of course.